Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark. And with me as always, Nathan Golia. Hey, Zach. How's it going? Uh, it's, it's going okay. Uh, full disclosure to the audience, we've already done this podcast once, but I uh, erased it from my computer, so we're running it back for a second try. So Nate's going to have to pretend to be surprised when certain things happen. Right. Um, so we should start out by surprising everybody and talking about how we did at the SCG Classic in New Jersey yeah. last week. Um, so uh, you audibled last minute from Eldrazi to Miracles. Why don't you talk about why? I did. Uh, so I was testing the night before with um, – I, I actually spent the entire day testing with uh, Keith Blackwell. Uh, he was on a Bug Stoneblade deck. Uh and I had tested uh, Eldrazi against it for a very long time, then switched up and tested a couple other decks. And I ended up deciding that I just felt better all around playing uh, Miracles. Uh, the, deck, the deck just felt much better than everything else that I had tried, which was I played a Bug Delver deck against him. I played uh, the, uh, the uh, Eldrazi deck. I played Miracles, and I played Reanimator. And uh, I just settled on Miracles because it felt like a, it just felt better. It felt like, like a stronger deck. But uh, how'd it turn out? <laughs> it didn't. The variance that I was worried about with the Eldrazi deck caught up to me the next day, and uh, I got I got destroyed. Uh, partially because of matchups, partially because of, of just regular old punting. Uh, I wasn't as as uh, well versed in the deck as I would like as I would like to be. So it kind of caught up to me. Yeah, I, I you know you had to play against uh, twelve post at one point in your in yeah, the first two rounds, two. right? I didn't win a game against twelve post though. I got I got the first game against him and didn't really, you know, my my lack of experience with the deck showed when I didn't remember to side in Pithy Needles to stop his uh, his Eye of Ugin to from him being able to go just grab any Eldrazi he wanted. So that that really I got punished for that. Yeah, that seems pretty good against Terminus. Yeah. Um, did you play any sweet spice? Uh, yeah, yeah. And so in the uh, fourth round, when I finally got my first win, because I went 0-3, uh, I played against Pox, and that gave me a chance to side in my uh, future site. And it mm -hmm. worked out really well, actually. I got to, I got to cast future site in game two. Uh, it was only a two-game series. And I was able to just not have to worry about his Liliana, uh, him attritioning me in any way, shape, or form, because I could just keep casting stuff off the top of my deck. It was, uh, it's pretty wild. Yeah, um, is that something you want to keep, you know, keeping the deck going forward, or? I think so, man. I really, I just really like that card. I, I, I know it's not, uh, it's probably not a popular choice, and it's, it might not even be the right choice, but it definitely has that signature Dirtle Magus feel for me, and that's, that's almost, to me, more important than playing a good deck is playing a deck you feel good about. Well, I feel like so often Miracles has two and three blue in play against me with all the basics and all the digging. And uh, it just seems like it's got so much good synergy with top and predict. Oh, yeah. Um, and even Monastery Mentor, I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't think you're playing Mentor, but, you know, just I'm being not, able to... Could you imagine cast. putting a Mentor, uh, having a Mentor in play and then just casting and drawing uh, top like as many times you have mana? Right. Um, yeah, you know, I think you would only need one top in that situation. You do. You yeah, just right. need one top. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Uh, there was a uh, other. The reason I was I was talking about Spice and Miracles. There was an interesting Miracles deck that was being played on the same day across the country. Um, Greg Mitchell, uh, who was uh, Star City Open winner uh, once with Bug Delver, 
um, was playing a Miracles uh, and Omni Show hybrid deck. So I, I was able to catch a little bit of this uh, of this other tournament at, at Card Kingdom on the replay, and he has like as he's playing against a Stoneblade deck on the stream and has like a basic land into a top and then plays a counterbalance which might get countered i can't remember but anyway the uh, stoneblade guy is attacking with a uh, batter skull and at the end of mitchell's turn he clicks him and mitchell reveals two cunning wishes and omniscience in a city of traitors <laughs> wow, that's a spicy which, deck there's so much going on with this deck um yeah Aside from just it being a, a countertop deck, it, you know, the, it uses Cunning Wish to find, I guess, what, uh, Elmerati's Call? Yeah, he's got Swords to Plowshares in his sideboard, which is pretty funny. Yeah. And he gets some access to his, his Red Blast effects, too, and then, of course, the combo, which is, which is like, Omniscience, Cunning Wish, Firemind's Foresight, Eladomri's Call. It's, it's a whole thing. I usually don't yes. let them finish it and just go to the next game. But, yeah, uh, that is... That is wild. And then, obviously, he's got Release the Ants in the board. Uh, yep. Yeah, so he just Cunning Wishes his way to, to the win after he gets the Omniscience out. But this deck is, is so funky because you're playing Ancient Tombs and City of Traders, just, you know, t- three total soul lands. Um, yep. And and then, you know, you're pretty much just on the get Omniscience out plan, and occasionally you'll, you know, you'll show and tell a Amrakul, I suppose. Well, I guess with, you know, he's got two Terminus in this deck, and the thing is, though, once you see the first one, you have to play around four of them as the opponent. Yeah. So, um, you know, he really only has to find it once, and he's got four Brainstorm, four Ponder, two Preordains, and three Predicts in addition to four Tops. Yeah. So he's got a lot of air, but I guess the trade-off there is that instead of trying to win with a Mentor in the combat step over a course of a couple turns, he's just going to assemble his combo yeah, while you're while you're running into top and terminus and stuff, yeah. It's a it's a weird deck to say to say the least. It's a very weird deck. Yeah, but cool, and I think that uh, it's something you know. Just thinking about you having future side and, and this deck having show and tell in it, like miracles has become so streamlined. Hopefully, we'll start to see a little bit of variance in it. Yeah, the, um, just pulling out some some different stuff is pretty is pretty neat. Yep. So uh, I played uh, bug. Uh, mid-range deck with green sun zenith uh was sort of the focal point at the uh at the classic and i had kind of an up and down tournament uh, i went four four and one so i was 500 after nine rounds but i was four two and run going into round uh eight when i got my first loss so i had uh you know started out strong lost a couple won a couple and then just kind of petered out at the end um I'm not going to go through everything. I played against Infect twice, won, won in the first round, lost in the last round, which is kind of funny. Um, it was Infect with Swords to Plowshares against you in the first game. In the first match. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. So in the very first match of the day, you know, I sit down, and the kid's shuffling his deck, and he drops his Swords to Plowshares. So I kind of keep a hand that's like okay against a fair deck, you know, like a Death Ride and Abrupt Decay and, and uh, you know, maybe a couple cantrips and some lands. And uh, he fetches a Tropical Island, plays a Noble Hierarch, so I'm still thinking, okay, some sort of fair, like, Banty or, uh, you know, Mavericky deck. Um, and then eventually he has, like, a Blighted Agent attacking me, Invigorate, Berserk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I had tapped out. So, um, 
I was able to get him in games two and three once I knew that, but uh, I thought the Sword Supply shares was nice. It was actually kind of interesting in that in games two and three, what ended up being the deciding factor was that I had Baleful Strix in play against his Ink Moth Nexus, and he couldn't attack through it. So if you think about it, like having Swords to Plowshares there is pretty good. Yeah, you Would need have been Berserk able to... Swords to make that, to like get, get going, huh? Yeah, and if I counter Berserk at that point, I'm not, you know, I'm not like uh, confused as to what's going on. So yeah, yeah he's got a really... Uh, so the, the removal, I think, is interesting in that deck. I'm surprised they don't play it, but what do I know? Um, so let's see, I did that. I drew with Nick Fit, which was kind of funny. Um, just a long, lot of game, long grindy game between a couple of you know rock decks. Um, beat Miracles, which is sort of the reason I built this deck, just like to have a lot of threat density and um, you know just be able to play something, make them deal with it. Play something, make them deal with it. I eventually won both games two and three in that uh, match off the back of Garrick Relentless, just spamming out wolves. Yeah. Um, basically a four mana wolf machine. I lost um, to uh, the Stoneblade deck because of uh, uh, what was it? Gideon Ally of Zendikar in the second game. Like it's hard to deal with uh, Planeswalkers if you're a Miracles deck. Yeah, that's usually the thing that you know people recommend to beat Miracles. The thing is, you have to also be able to resolve a, a three to four mana sorcery speed spell. Um, so you really have to be patient, and uh, you know I would. I fetched some basics, so his Blood Moon would be uh, ineffective. Um, and then I can, you know, just, like, play a Tarmogoyf, make him deal with it. He plays a Counterbalance, I decay it. He plays a top, I hit it with Cross and Grip. Um, you know, just, just keep answering his stuff until, you know, he's he's out of, out of cards and I can just slam the Garrick and, and start making the Wolves. Um, but, uh, so that was good. Um, I did lose to our friend uh, Derek Gallen playing four-color Delver. Um, and I just felt that at the, after playing the deck uh, tournament and again the next night at a local that it's going to be, it needs some work to sort of deal with faster decks that have like their own true name nemesis and also lightning bolt. Yeah. Um, just kind of takes a while to get online. Um, I also played against Pox in one, um, which was, you know, just one of those situations where he's casting sinkhole and I have days. So I just pull the land back. <laughs> um, uh, I played against uh, our friend Devin Riley, who was playing Reanimator. I played him in the third round, uh, and he crushed me. Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, he's he's a Miracles player, you know, as generally been, has been playing Miracles for a long time. But uh, so I kept a hand that, like in game one against him that was like awesome. It was like Death Rite, Abrupt Decay, uh, Brainstorm, uh, Trigon Predator. <laughs> like it yeah. was just awesome. Oh, yeah, of course. And then he just, like, he plays a, a Polluted Delta, passes back, I play a Death Rite, and he just, like, casts Entomb, untaps, and, like, makes Grizzle Brand. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was pretty funny. It definitely shows, like, uh, the importance of changing up your deck in your, you know, if you're yeah. playing And it's nearby. funny, the, the, the legacy meta is so tight-knit and small in New York that if you play someone that you know is kind of on a deck, you can definitely get sniped by them if they... Uh they pull up something different you know yeah um the deciding factor in that match was that he kept an, a uh no land with lotus petal but like a turn one win if he had uh if he drew a land and uh so his first turn was like lotus petal careful study then go so yeah. uh i was able to sort of just have to hop on top which you don't like doing but i had also 
just lost to Derek, who we also know. So, you know, it's just how those things work. Of course. Um, and then I lost to a player playing Death and Taxes with Squadron Hawk. So this was interesting because we were in the draw bracket together, and I sort of I had seen him playing, you know, a couple tables close to me, you know, over the course of the tournament. He plays a Squadron Hawk, has a Vial on two, and I've got this awkward situation where I've got a I've got like Baleful Strix in my hand and in play, and an engineered plague, and I'm like, do I engineered plague on bird, like yeah. to to stop this? And I didn't. I did and it on human. Draw spells. Yeah, then I just have like two mana sorcery speed draw a card. Um, it was just, but I but I also felt compelled to keep him alive because I he had a rest in peace. So it was just a tough uh, tough match. Yeah, um, that I felt a little annoyed with myself for losing because I knew what he was playing and just the deck didn't really cooperate. Um, and then I lost to Infect. So it's funny it was, that he was he was rocking Squadron Hawks uh, when there's just it just seems like there's so much. So many better options out there. Yeah, he was telling me that he was playing it in place of Flicker Wisp because he felt it was better in like really grindy matchups. Just like keep dropping something that can pick up a sword. Yeah, um, that might be true. Yeah, Flicker Wisp is super good, but the three drop there is getting so crowded too. So oh, now yeah. you're talking about a two drop that draws you three cards. Um, What's that? That new card, Sanctum Proletariat or Sanctum Prelate? Yeah, Prelate. Yeah. Uh, I was yeah. talking uh, to De- to Devin, who's is a miracles guy, about that card, and and I was saying how uh, the equivalent of putting something out for that deck, uh, like that's that good, is like if they decided that they were just going to take like counterbalance and reprint it, name it super counterbalance, and throw uh, like a trigger on it that when counterbalance is targeted on the stack, you can check for counterbalance at the same time. Uh, it's it seems like the power creep on creatures right now. Uh, is just is is just being pushed a lot. Yeah, I think Sanctum Prelate's going to be one of those things where it's either going to be insane and we're going to like be reacting to it for a while, or it's not going to make an impact. Yeah. And I think that Death and Taxes is a deck that is already so strong uh, that you know this is just like another thing that it can add. Yeah. But they've got a lot of competition there, um, you know, a for slot. yeah, yeah. so. Um, so, I mean, I was happy to beat Miracles because that was just like the boogeyman for me, but I kind of, uh, I'm going to take this deck back to the drawing board and see how I feel just knowing that I'm, I'm having so much trouble against like decks with lightning bolt. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's sort of, so you, that's what pretty much you took away from the tournament was that you, the deck you built worked for what you wanted to do. It beats Miracles, but now you have to figure out a way to make it beat Delver decks. Yeah. And what I took away was I should be playing Rug Delver at larger events until I get enough practice in at smaller events with Miracles. Yeah, Miracles is a lot to bite off, you know, uh, especially for a long tournament like that. And when, I mean, you really, um, like we like we were saying, like you don't know what you're going to face uh, in in the tournament, you know, you and you and you end up with like lose round one, round two, twelve post is just like super brutal. Yeah. In fact, I didn't even mention I played against L, which was like a terrible matchup for any mid-range deck, and yeah, of course. you know that was like at a bad time for me as well. You know, That's um, the, that was the real bummer of this tournament for me was that uh, previous tournaments I would never stop running into Miracles decks, and I sort of wanted an answer to Miracles decks, which was to build like you know the better mousetrap as it were and build a uh, 
Miracles deck that could beat a Miracles deck as opposed to just playing Rug Delver into every Miracles deck that I saw. Yeah. Um, and then instead of seeing Miracles deck after Miracles deck, what I saw instead was decks that were pretty solid against Miracles uh, this time around. So that was kind of disheartening to, to switch up decks and basically get punished for it. Yeah, I mean, there were three Eldrazi decks in the top eight of this tournament and another one in the top 16. And I had put four Baleful Strikes in my deck thinking, like, well, this will be good against Eldrazi. Yeah. And uh, it is. Um, and, you know, it's theoretically good against Delver, but you have to, like, it has to live. And, you know, um, it's a 1-1. One, one, so you really only get uh, one shot with it. So, um, yeah, it's just uh, you get tunnel vision about certain matchups and, you know, you don't you just you pick what you want to lose to, right? So, course, yeah, yeah. Um, so, moving on, I wanted to talk a little bit more about a card that we touched on in our set review for Conspiracy Two, but didn't uh, do, talk too much about. But the more I thought about it this week, the more I thought this card was going to be really sweet for Legacy, mm-hmm. and not just because I was playing a deck in these colors, but uh, it's just a really interesting effect. So, talking about um, Leovold Emissary of Trust. Um, and he is a three mana, three, three, one black, one green, one blue, a legendary creature elf advisor. Uh, he has two abilities. Each opponent can't draw more than, more than one card each turn. Whenever you or a permanent you control becomes a target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, you may draw a card. So what I thought would be fun, would be fun, Zach, is I'll, I'll name a deck and you tell me, do you want this effect in play against this deck, right? So we're going to start with the deck we've talked about at, at length already, but how about Miracles? Do you want this effect in play? Uh, I mean, yeah, of course. Like, between just Swords to Plowshares being a card that they're going to cast against you, um, Click uh, targets you, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And then all of their drawing that they do, um, this seems like a great card. And at three mana, it, it there's not a lot in the deck that counter that... that counterbalance hits so it, this seems like a great effect for that and it's a three three it's not like they play bolts or anything uh three three power is, is a good body to throw against that deck yeah i think that uh you know maybe we should also say like there the the, the fact that this is in black and green means that you know you're really thinking like i'm gonna accelerate this with death right shaman um and or try to also playing uh what's it called abrupt decay which is pretty solid against that deck too yep yeah uh, i agree with everything you said i think that uh you know, we just talked about Mitchell's deck that has, uh, you know, so many extra draw spells in it. Um, they can't draw on their turn with top. They can still draw on your turn with top, but I know that that's a thing. But, you know, just throwing that deck off balance while you're clocking them for three is pretty good. Yeah. Okay, uh, how about Eldrazi? Do I want this against Eldrazi? Um, this is tough because uh, they don't do a lot of targeting to you. And three mana is 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 on your third turn, maybe on your second turn if you're playing Deathrite Shaman, but a three mana three three against Eldrazi doesn't do a ton. Um, and like I said, they're not really drawing extra cards uh, unless Endbringer is out, and Endbringer is just bigger than this guy to begin with, so that's not that big of a deal. And uh, you know, they're yeah, I don't, I just don't, I think I would side this out if I had better options. I think that's right. I think uh, in the first game, you're using this to pitch the force. And I, I mean, that is a thing that with that legacy cards have, they're blue, right? Yep. At least it's something you can use to force something that's going to be horrific, assuming they don't have cavernous holes. Uh, how about against Shardless Bug? 
Charlotte's Bug. Well, the drawling is obviously a thing, so yeah, this seems great for that. It blocks and attacks through uh, agents. Yep. Uh, what else? Uh, Abrupt so, Decay is a card that they're using to target. Um, and Brainstorm. Yeah, yeah, I think this is great against that deck. Well, obviously Ancestral Visions being shut off is great. Um, and uh, I think that... Uh, you know the, the targeting comes up in different ways with that deck because, like for example, like Liliana, if it's it's target player that yep. was the creature, so if that's what they do to try and get us off the board, you still draw a card. Yeah, draw and really, card. you know, any deck where you're keeping uh, where you're keeping up on cards like that, um, or if you're keeping up on cards like that against that deck, they're you know they're shardless agent versus this. You know, I mean, shardless agent into brainstormer and special vision is shut off. Shardless agent into kill this thing just gives you a card back and you don't really lose anything. Um, and then Charlotte's Agent into, a, like, a brick, or even to, into a hymn, you draw an extra card before the hymn anyway, so... Yeah, um, yeah I think that's, uh, I think it's good. How about any Delver deck? Um, yeah, I mean, the only time this isn't great against Delver is if turn one Delver flips, and they have a lightning bolt, right? So, th that's the, th that's not great, but still not bad, because you're at least drawing a card. Um, and a three-three body still is still is okay. It, just, it does have that three toughness. It's going to be a problem for for that uh, the like, sorry, the lightning bolt. Yep. But any draw spell, and there's a lot of draw spells in, in those decks, brainstorm and ponder. Um, it's going to be it, it's going to be good against that. There's a uh, version with four thought scours in it. On top of that, there are versions that play Gataxian probe. Yeah. Yeah, it's even worse. Unfortunately, the body isn't great here. Um, I mean, it stops Delvers on the ground. I guess it's good against Young Pyromancer and his little buddies. Yeah, I um, mean, no, no one's going to be big against Young Pyromancer because you're just going to go wide, right? But it does block a Mongoose and kills it, you know? Mm -hmm. That's not the worst. And they're going to get blocked with Young Pyromancer. I mean, are they? how many tokens are they making if they can't draw more than one card each turn? That's also true, yeah. It's pretty yeah. good against a Young Pyromancer deck, actually. So... Yep. Um, yep. Uh, we'll go. How about next is death and taxes? I don't know. I mean, so port is is a thing. So like, they're you're drawing a card every time they port you. Same thing with wasteland. Um, they're not drawing extra cards. That's not a thing that's really happening with that deck. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I think if they're trying to lock you out and you can just get this guy onto the board, um, they're certainly not going to be happy about having you draw an extra card every time they tap a land. Um, and you know, then there's so much. There's so many other things that their deck can do uh, that targets you or targets uh, something like, you control. Flicker Wispy talked about. Flicker um, Wisp, Swords. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, Swords to Plowshares. It's funny because you know that deck doesn't play a lot of spells, but the one they do play, Swords to Plowshares. I guess two counting either vial. But like you know, a Swords to Plowshares on a deck can be devastating because it might be your only chance to get something down for a while once they port and waste you and all that stuff. And let's keep and in just... mind that that's anytime that spell targets you or an ability targets you, you're drawing, you can counter that spell afterwards and still draw a card. You might have the force of will and you didn't even really lose a card to force this thing. Yep. Uh, I think what's interesting about this is that it blocks and kills Thalia, which is an important creature yeah. in their deck, while also being castable through Thalia for its normal mana cost. Um, and... Uh, if you can, you know, I mean, usually with stone forge decks like that, you got to fight over the equipment. Um, if as long as you can keep uh, things from getting out of control, 
you definitely uh, got something you can work with. I don't know if it's uh, something you always want to keep in against them, but and we'll talk about comparables a little later. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's something to talk about. I uh, think about there. How about elves? So I would side this out against elves. I think it's a little too slow. And even though it stops them from drawing cards, they're never targeting you. You know, elves isn't targeting you. Um, but uh, I think three uh, three mana is just too much to be considered reactive against a deck that can be so good on turn two, three. Yeah, I think, uh, uh, you know, I, I had first thought of this as like, what's well, an elf that's good against elves in that it kills everything in their deck without dying itself and turns off their glimpse chains. I think it's probably something that interesting or good to have potentially in game one when a lot of decks just that are going to be playing this are not going to be prepared for elves at all. Um, I would side in a Flusterstorm. I would take this out and side in a Flusterstorm immediately. Yeah, I think that there's just better things you could be doing at three against elves, like Engineered Plague, um, if you're the kind of deck that has trouble with elves. Or, yeah, so, I mean, not as good against elves in game two and three, but something that's like, at least it's something for you yeah, to have in game one. it's not a blank, one. for sure. Yeah. Uh, how about Storm? Uh, I think the same thing with elves in, on this. Like, it's great if you can get it down uh, on turn two off of, like, a Deathrite Shaman or something like that. Um, but, man, it's just not a great turn three play. Uh, and a deck that can kill you on turn two. You know, I think you want to be more reactive, and you want to be reactive earlier. Yeah, um, at three mana, there's not really a chance that you can do the, the typical, like, um, discard into Hate Bear, uh, which is with how some decks tackle, try and tackle Storm. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's, like, uh, you know, an Esper deck that's playing a Thought Season of Meddling Mage, or, like, a Maverick deck that's Thought Season of Thalia or something, yeah. because uh, you're going to take your you're not going to be able to get your acceleration online. Um, it might be one of those situations where you keep it in just because it's a blue card to pitch to force and a clock. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is probably a card that, you know, you might just say, screw it, I need more things that are relevant, period, against this deck, and I'm siding out so much that I just have to keep this card in. Um, but it, it's tough because you don't want to be turn one Deathrite Shaman, turn two Elf Advisor, you know, on... Uh, on your turn two when you're playing it's a deck that can literally just smash you out and uh, god forbid th this is in the, after the board and they have an abrupt decay for you you know like for this thing and you're like cool i draw a card and it's like cool i'm gonna just go off next turn yeah yeah um yeah i think that's that's the situation you're in there so uh, how about show and tell it's better against show and tell um whereas show and tell is the same sort of combo deck um if if they're getting you, they're gonna get you before uh, this card's relevant, right? But after mm -hmm. you get it out, if they're still digging, this is pretty good. Um, they're not targeting you with anything that I can think of off the top of my head. Maybe a probe, but um, being able to to stop them from digging to draw uh, is, is actually pretty good. And if you turn to this against them, it, it's pretty backbreaking if they don't have a ha have a way to win if you can back this up with a with some sort of uh force of will or something it's pretty good yeah i, I think that show and tell a little bit slower also a, com a combo that uh you know is susceptible to counter magic more so than storm is yeah. um and uh you know they don't have a they don't have a way to kill this i mean they have pyroblast but you know they're pyroblasting your guy you're probably in pretty good shape if you've got other blue cards um, that you're trying to play against them. Um, I just think it would be funny if you show if this gets shown in and they're on like they're on like trying to do something with Grizzlebrand or uh, 
you know, if they're still playing Under the Infinite, which not is, a lot of decks is, are. Is Under the Infinite draw, or is it just put your deck in your hand? Oh, it's draw. Oh, yeah. that is, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, I thought about citing Underworld Dreams against uh, against uh, Under the Infinite decks, yeah. but uh, then they just got, they printed Dig Through Time, so that became nothing. Um, one more that I didn't put on the list, but just to get your, your um, opinion, is Lands. This is great against Lands. Uh, between Punishing Fire, if they play it, uh, and, uh, you know, Port, Wasteland, especially if they're, like, trying to lock you out with with Wasteland, and y- you can always draw another card, you c- you have a chance of getting back in the game. Um, Maze of Ith is another card that, like, basically their whole deck is just drawing you cards. Yep. Uh, I mean, you can't do anything if they have uh, Merit Lage, but uh, it's hard to deal with that anyway. That's why that deck is so good, so... Yeah, um, not being able to... It, it doesn't get killed by stuff that uh, it's in their deck, and, um, you know, they, they do have a lot of things that target you. So, so thanks for participating in my little word association test I, here. I did want to say, going back, I also forgot with um, with Miracles and with uh, D&T, Caracas bounces this guy, but still draws you a card. Yeah, I mean, do you... <laughs> is Caracas bouncing this guy a thing? I mean... The, Again, for miracles, it might be worth it to like clear them off the board. Yeah, and then you can just throw and a then drop they, on top, right? Yeah, you can throw a three drop on top, or you know, cast a brainstorm that you've been holding for a long time. Of course, yeah. Um, so, but you know, you're still giving that, you're still giving your opponent a card. It just really is one of those things that just it, they have to solve it a little bit. So, yeah. I, I like I like the the card a lot, and I think that it's it's gonna it's gonna be a very valuable card uh, as far as the meta is concerned. It's just you know. Where do you put it? Uh, yeah, I had built my deck for the uh, for the classic before this do- this card was spoiled, and so I think the experience that I that I had that made me think a lot more about this was that Trudy Nemesis is in my deck, and Trudy Nemesis is like a three power three mana card, and it's you know it's great that it can't be targeted, it can't be blocked, and all that, right? But a lot of times it's sort of just like a glorified sulfuric vortex. Yeah. Where like some of the decks we were talking about, these game you know in game one like Elves or uh, or Storm like you know a true nemesis is a clock and nothing else right yeah. so this guy he so if you compare him to true nemesis like there he's gonna probably draw you a card almost any time he's killed and that might be about as valuable as not being able to be killed. <laughs> Um, in, in many cases, just because of like the virtual card advantage of shutting off, you know, all the draw spells in the format. Yeah. Um, and anything that kill, does kill Trini Nemesis, uh, or that does not draw you a card, rather, also just kills Trini Nemesis anyway. So you know, Terminus or Supreme Verdict or what have you. Yeah. Not to mention there are cards that True Name dies to that this doesn't, like Massacre and Golgari uh, Charm, yeah. Charm. So I see it as just like. You know, if Trina Nemesis is a playable card, I think this is this is definitely also a playable card. Um, but you know, it's a different kind of deck than Trina Nemesis usually appears along with uh, Stoneforge Mystic. And uh, you know, it is it is funny that when it's just a naked three one, sometimes it you know doesn't really it's not really as good as you'd think. Yeah. Um, anything else that you would sort of see this as a as a comparable you know, a comparable slot? Well, to the. You know, I I was messing around with uh, what was it? A uh, punishing shardless rug that mm-hmm. splashes black, um, and this would be a fine card to hit off of like a bloodbraid elf. 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it puts six power on the board, and just, you know, you're going to attack for three that turn, and if they swords anything, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're going to get a card, you know. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I, I think, think that's, that. yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it, this is good, it's super good in mid-range decks that are trying to attrition your opponent. Like, if you can be that deck and you can uh, fit into the metagame properly, this is, this is an awesome card for that. Yeah, well, I I would love to uh, see uh, what it looks like when you have it when you when you're playing Bloodbraid Alpha to this. I'd love to see your opponent's face. Oh, <laughs> um, but no, I mean that's what I'm saying. I mean, it, it, an asymmetrical. I mean, like Spirit of the Labyrinth has been around, right? Yeah. But this is asymmetrical, so you can not only can you ha- you can have this and play in your deck and still cascade into Ancestral Visions or play Sylvan Library, you know? Yeah. So cool. Um. Anything else we should chat about this week? Um, I think uh, something to mention is uh, Puka Trade switched over to their future site, which mm-hmm. uh, now offers uh, Moto Trades, which is which is pretty awesome. It's going to give me a chance to actually build some legacy decks online, so I'm pretty psyched about actually getting in real practice. Yeah, that sounds uh, you know it's it's really helpful because. Uh, you know, it's it's hard enough to get into the paper format, but then trying to to rebuy all that stuff uh, online is is daunting, right? Yeah, so. and it's tough to be an adult and get get reps in. You know, so you want to try and figure out where you can get your reps in. Right now, having only Eldrazi online, I'm not super excited about playing that deck now because I because of all the practice I've done with it, just doesn't make me feel like it's this it's it's not to my flavor of play. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where you get to play so rarely in person, you know, do you really want to be playing something that's so linear? But I guess it depends on how badly you really want to uh, yeah. play the best deck, you know. If, yeah. If it was truly the best deck, which I'm not saying it is, but um, you always have that decision to make, right? <laughs> it's it's a crazy thing, because the deck is a, is a sort of black sheep in the format to begin with, the Eldrazi deck. Um, and... You know, there's there's enough of that that like would make a lot of people not want to play it. But I don't really ever care about that sort of thing. Um, but what really is the hard part for me is online. I can be so cavalier in my mulligans and not care, uh, and just be like, well, you know, this is whatever. But in person, man, I want to play the Magic tournament I showed up to play. So um, mm-hmm. I don't want to. I, I want to mulligan aggressively if I need to, but I don't want to have to play a deck where I, I you know, I can just mull to four and lose. You know, and the Eldrazi deck is a deck where you have to be very uh, keen on your mulligans, and and there's a little bit of luck involved. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree there. So, I mean, good luck uh, building some uh, other decks online, and you know, hopefully that'll help you warm up for the next next time we get to play live, or you'll probably get to play live at a bigger tournament long before I get to. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, great. Yeah, but I think uh, I think that's that's it for the for the cast this week. Yep. Uh, thanks a lot, everyone, and thanks, Zach. And we'll talk again next week. Yeah, man, it's been great. Have a good one. Sure.